Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks so much for being here. Tonight's story brings us to Maine in the US, not long before Christmas. We'll join a lady called Mara as she enjoys an evening of coziness and tradition in her coastal town. This one's a beautiful story with lots of little pockets of wisdom and heartwarming sentiments throughout. So thank you to Gillian for writing it. Winter nights are a wonderful opportunity for turning inward and finding warmth and light in our homes and in the company of those we love. Many of us savour the coziness of the season. It's the time to light candles and drink warm beverages. And right now, it's time to settle in for a long sleep filled with magical dreams, so that you wake tomorrow feeling truly rested and refreshed. So snuggle down into your blankets and allow your head to feel pleasantly heavy, nested in your pillow. Begin to focus on your breathing and on your body as a whole. Drawing the breath in slowly, allow it to flow fully into your stomach. Then gently breathe out and enjoy the soothing release as your muscles relax. With each breath, allow your body to ease into the comfort of your bed more and more. Notice how the warmth of your cover is cocooning you in this peaceful place. your body warming the spot 
that you are lying in, so that it becomes more luxurious with each passing second. It may be winter for many of us now, but you can always find warmth and comfort in this spot right here. A place to return to each night, where you can rest and recharge, ready for the next day. Now that you're comfortable and hopefully starting to feel sleepy, simply listen to the sound of my voice as I tell you a tale about beauty and wonder in the darkest time of year. It is mid-December in coastal Maine, and night falls early. At four in the afternoon, Mara pulls the chain on the solid brass desk lamp, which has been in this place far longer than she has. She thinks about the bookstore's history about the men and women who've minded the shop before her, and she hopes there will be many generations after she has gone. A town needs a proper bookseller. It's more than simply a brick-and-mortar space to buy books. A bookstore is a source of comfort on difficult days, and it's where the community gathers, thinks Mara. She is cheered by the pretty glow of the chipped Tiffany-style lampshade. This lamp keeps Mara company on many long evenings throughout the winter in this little business on Main Street. She is at work in a small town that is actually large enough to support three bookstores and four coffee shops, as well as two museums, numerous art galleries, and a seafood restaurant housed inside an old car ferry docked in the marina. There is an oyster bar and a wine bar, and a dive bar for good measure. There is a fabric shop with whimsical curtains, and a tavern where young people gather on weekends. Mara was not born in this coastal town, but one quite like it a few hours' drive away 
the ocean is always home. She feels connected to the like-minded people who live and work in Rockland, whether they grew up there or, like her, somehow found their way north to the slightly eccentric, picturesque hamlet of artists and fishermen. She spent decades searching for that sense of belonging, and she's grateful to have found it in a town in Maine with a real working waterfront and many folks who still make an honest living from the sea. It's a town that welcomes and fosters creativity. Everyone seems to be an artisan, a musician, a writer, or a weaver in their spare time. Painters like Andrew Wyeth and Edward Hopper famously captured the way the light plays on weathered houses over the lonely, sublime ocean and on the careworn, noble faces of the men and women who live here. Main calls to artistic souls, and Mara has finally put down roots. Living here, the years of her life have settled into a comfortable rhythm. Winter in a tourist town is dedicated to projects and creative pursuits. And it's a time for fun, too. Skiing at the snowball on the mountain, or skating on the lakes and rivers that run through the woods. Mara appreciates the luxury of time from November through to April. In the warmer months, it seems everyone is busy. They're working hard, catering to day-trippers and people who come up from cities to summer in their seaside houses. In winter, the town rests and regroups. Friends reconnect and draw warmth out of the cold by creating a meaningful life and deepening community ties. There is time to volunteer at the senior home and make food for the homebound in the community kitchen. It's a balanced way of living in harmony with nature, and it makes sense to take winter seriously. Winters can be harsh, with weeks, even months of endless snow and ice. Certainly, the nights at this time of year 
can feel long when the temperature drops and the darkness descends early. Mara knows she must be prepared for extreme weather. But with enough wood for the stove and oil in the fuel tank, and with warm clothes and a stocked pantry, she can delight in the wildness and the beauty. For it is a very beautiful place. The ocean, which in summer is striking and playful, in winter is wonderfully forbidding. The Atlantic comes in with a stern warning. It crashes and turns steel gray. It can even ice over in the harbor creating dramatic and jagged sculptures. On the coldest days, there is sea smoke rising from the water. It has a haunted quality. She would not like to swim in those frigid waters now. When Mara looks out of the shop window, She can see those lonely pine trees Maine is so well known for, as well as two lighthouses that frame the picture. And she sees the lobster boats coming in from Hall. The winter catch is smaller than the bustling summer lobster business. Some fishermen use winter to do gear work, to make improvements to their traps and line. It is the ideal time to restore old boats. But there are also men and women who brave the icy seas to fish the deep all winter. It is such a luxury to have this seafood all to themselves come December, the locals think. Turning away from the window, Mara shifts her attention to her surroundings. She loves the snug rooms and creaky wooden floors of the bookstore which overlooks the harbor. The radiator clacks and steams. Then there is the leather armchair, buttery soft, where so many customers sit to discover the first few pages of a new book. There's the braided rug the last bookseller made herself from rags, a traditional craft in the old days. And there's a handsome wooden ladder on a track that wraps around the walls. It smells of sandalwood 
Now that it's the holiday season, there is also the scent of the cinnamon broom and pine from the tabletop tree, which Mara snipped from the woods. The little tree is simply lit with fairy lights, its base wrapped in cream-colored felt, trimmed in gold. And then there are the books. Mara loves the densely packed shelves and stacks on the floor. No matter how many books sell, there always seems to be more. Many are like old friends. There are customers for all titles and genres. It's so nice how some people will reliably come in every Tuesday for a new release. The shop carries new fiction from favorite authors, as well as emerging writers and interesting presses. Art books are popular, as well as philosophy, religion, and spirituality. And tarot cards sell well this time of year, as do greeting cards. There is a well-curated section of cookbooks, and a small but important poetry corner. The most cheerful nook is the area devoted to children's books. Mara loves choosing picture books, as well as graphic novels and chapter books for her youngest clientele. Reading aloud is something she takes particular joy in doing at Christmas time. Every December, around this time, she runs an event for families. There are seasonal stories and cookies and cocoa for the young and young at heart. This bookshop is upstairs in an old brick building. The halls are wood-panelled and the banister is solid and ornately carved. There are other shops in the building, but mostly offices. Some still have the old doors with frosted glass panes and transom windows above the heavy wood. This is a building that feels as if it will endure through the ages, despite the changes that occur outside. Down the hall is a therapist, and there is a yoga studio upstairs. There is even a cobbler, perhaps the last one in town, just above the bookstore. 
Because of this, all sorts of people visit the building daily. This feels like a gift in and of itself. Downtown still has a quality of aliveness. Of course, during the holidays it is especially vibrant, and the streets are filled with shoppers. They are loaded up with packages and bags, popping in and out of shops. They have rosy cheeks, cute hats, and warm mittens and boots. But at the bookstore, there will be no more customers today. As the clock strikes five, Mara dutifully turns the sign on the door, so it reads closed to the outside. She marks her place and closes the biography she was reading, then shuts down the computer. She turns off the music and each of the lights. Then she changes out of her ballet slippers and into fleece-lined, tall, waterproof boots. She bundles into her hat, puffer coat, long scarf, and leather gloves. And she walks down the creaking steps and out into the evening. It is cold on the sidewalk, but a beautiful kind of cold. It feels like snow is coming. Boats and boys are clanging in the harbor. The air smells like good things to eat from the neighborhood bistros. Steak and garlic and mussels and wine. Inside the large restaurant windows, couples and groups of friends look content over large dishes of pasta. They are sharing small plates of citrus-scented olives, warm almonds, cheeses and crab dip, and frizzled greens with roasted garlic and bread. Mara starts the car remotely, so it is warm and humming when she opens the door. Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite plays through the speakers. The slow ride out of Rockland is spent enjoying the light displays on and around the houses in the neighborhood and along the rural route. Mara turns left at the neoclassical mansion on the hill, admiring the widow's walk and imposing columns. 
she smiles at the twelve-foot-tall wooden cutouts of Saint Nicholas and his reindeer. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donna, and Blitzen. And yes, there is red-nosed Rudolph, all lit up, as well as cartoonish elves carrying enormous presents. There is a spotlight on the grand white building, and enormous wreaths are hung over every door and window. Mara imagines a Victorian banquet going on inside, with roaring fires in every room. Children devouring sugared ginger, and musicians playing fiddles for numerous people dancing. Route 131 is a gentle, rural road, with sweeping vistas down the hayfields, all the way to the tidal river. In autumn, pumpkins are grown in those fields, and soon, when there is a proper covering of snow, families will sled on the soft powder. And when it is once again summer, there will be a fireworks display for the 4th of July over the water. The entire town will gather in the event barn for lobster and strawberry pie. Every season is celebrated here in this bucolic corner of the world. The drive is pleasant and so pretty, with handsome decorations on almost every house. There are colored lights in the bushes, icicle lights hanging from eaves, and soon there is the sturdy sign for Tenant's Harbor. Mara crosses the border and sighs happily, even more relaxed and ready to be home. Finally, she arrives. How pretty and warm my house looks, she thinks. Mara loves her small cottage in between the forest and the sea. The simple wreath hanging on the front door is fragrant and locally grown. The decoration was made by the neighbors, a retired couple. They are of Finnish descent and built a sauna behind their house. It's so delightful to see them laughing, running like children from the snug cedar building to plunge into the freezing cove. 
Mara is pleased she left the porch lights on. It's a wide and welcoming wraparound porch, with twinkling fairy lights and tin stars strung from above. Near the door, there's a stack of decorative presents wrapped in brown paper with rich-looking ribbon. Abundant evergreen garlands are draped over every window. The brass keyring with the charms and medallions is easy to find in her bag. Mara puts her silver key in the lock, and it opens with a satisfying click. When she crosses the threshold, she is struck by how cozy it is inside, and how good it feels to be in one's own sweet home. Sitting on the upholstered bench, Mara removes her heavy boots and thick woolen socks, lining them up neatly on the mat. Then she exhales from her belly with a sense of contentment and delight. She hangs her coat by the gold-framed mirror and pauses at her red-cheeked reflection, smiling. It's a snug, two-story house, white with grey shutters. It tends to be warm in the winter, cool in summer, and always filled with sunlight during the day. Mara lights a few white candles on the sideboard and turns on the electric candles in all the windows. She lights the hurricane lamp and turns on the electric fire. Next, she plugs in the great balsam tree. It's covered with twinkling white lights, heirloom ornaments, cranberry and popcorn garlands, dried orange slices, and a bright star on top. Mara puts the kettle on and curls up on the overstuffed love seat in the kitchen. She takes a few minutes to simply breathe, grounding herself in the sights and smells of the home and the holidays. It's good that it only lasts a few weeks, she thinks. It is ephemeral. Otherwise, it would not be so special. As she breathes in, she
she smells her neighbor's wood-burning stove, and the scents of cloves and orange. Unlatching a large glass jar, she scoops a heaping spoonful of dried sage and rosemary from the summer garden. Then she pours boiling water over a strainer into a porcelain teapot. Fine things ought to be regularly used, thinks Mara. These leaves don't need to steep for long. She uses a wooden dipper to stir in cranberry honey, which adds the perfect amount of sour and sweet to the steaming mug of herbal tea. Sage is for wisdom and opening the throat, she thinks and rosemary for remembrance. Mara takes a sip of the wonderful brew that sustains her all throughout winter. For a moment, she is reminded of summer. She feels the sun on her face and dirt under her nails and smells the fertile earth. She planted the sage at midsummer, outside in the garden, at this very hour, barefoot in the heat. How amazing to be alive on this earth with its seasons, and to get to experience each one so deeply. Mara has an entire hour stretching before her to putter around the house, to meditate, read, water the plants, listen to music, weave, or play guitar, or simply sit by the tree. She likes to look closely at each ornament and recall where it came from, where she was and how she felt when she bought or acquired it. It is sort of like time travel. Each pretty object is a portal that lets her fall through time. Reminiscing and traditions are such an important part of the holiday season, thinks Mara. To look back at where you were, to wonder where you are heading, and to be exactly where you are. She carefully places a Nat King Cole record on the turntable and gently moves the arm, setting the needle lightly on the outermost track. 
settling into a comfy armchair with a soft woven blanket that smells faintly of cedar, and with a pot of tea and a plate of iced ginger cookies on the table, Mara experiences a moment of true bliss. The clock strikes six, a liminal hour well spent, thinks Mara. She gazes across the room towards the tree, almost as tall as the ceiling of the cottage. It is a potent symbol of renewal and life everlasting. The evergreen tree reminds us there is always green life growing somewhere, flowering. It holds the knowledge, the promise, the certainty that spring will come again. After the winter solstice, the light will indeed begin its return. Days will slowly grow longer, even at the darkest time, there is cause for hope. Mara went to the woods herself for this beautiful specimen of a conifer. Across the street from her cottage, there are woods of the softest moss, tall pines that sway in the breeze, stones that seem to keep ancient secrets, and deciduous trees such as birch and maple. The trails are freshly cut by an old man on a small bulldozer. He mulches the wood from cut trunks and branches, and makes beautiful, wide paths through the woods. On a bright, brisk morning last week, Mara set out with her sled to select this year's tree. She walked through the clearing, past the stream, past the tree that was good for climbing, and the tree with a low branch where the children liked to swing. Mara left the path to scurry down the hill where the Atlantic Ocean was waiting. Water crashed over the rocks at a place called Roaring Spout. There, she grounded herself in the elements, breathing in the cleansing salt air. She took her bow saw, a simple tool bought from the local hardware store, and got down close to the ground, working carefully to cut through the trunk 
with the serrated blade. It was soft and bursting with fragrant sap. Mara was on her belly, touching the earth. She got right underneath the great tree and said a blessing as she safely took it down. Afterwards, she was proud and beaming as she heaved the conifer onto a sled and pulled it home. Back in the present moment, Mara looks at the clock above the sink and sees it is time to go. She almost forgot about tonight's event, a favorite annual tradition. She adds a layer of long johns and another sweater, as well as thick woolen socks and a matching scarf purchased from the open-air Christmas market. Then she packs a jar of homemade marshmallows dipped in graham cracker crumbs and a thermos of hot cocoa which makes a perfect, drinkable s'more. She is meeting friends for a nature walk on a trail not far from home. This wintry outing is based on a children's book by Eve Bunting called The Night Tree and it entails bringing all sorts of organic food. Pine cones coated with peanut butter, apple slices, popcorn, seeds and nuts, and even oatmeal cookies. Mara and her friends hang the food on a tree for the woodland animals to enjoy during the darkest part of the year. It is a simple and inclusive holiday ritual. Sometimes the group spontaneously breaks into song, or one person speaks a prayer or poem. Mary Oliver is a perennial favorite. No matter what transpires, it is a wondrous night full of magic and meaning. Mara drives slowly, enjoying the Christmas classics on the radio, the silly and the sacred. She arrives at the meeting point in just a few minutes. She sees many familiar faces, still recognizable, all bundled up. Some friends have opened up their car tailgates and are breaking out thermoses of coffee and tea. 
Some have brought sandwiches wrapped in wax paper, spiced cookies with white icing, and orange and cranberry cakes to share. Others have instruments. Mara loves the sound of a fiddle and guitar under the stars. This is a merry group of old friends and new, young and elderly, and everything in between. There are children with grandparents, multiple generations out for a happy gathering. Some folks carry baskets on their backs in order to collect firewood, pine cones, or other treasures from the walk. They are high on a hill in a field, and must walk through a meadow into another copse in order to find the right tree. Carrying torches and lanterns, they stay together laughing and calling out into the night. Each of Mara's friends has brought something special. Ben from England always makes his own version of twiglets, a sort of pretzel rod made from spent grains. They have a distinctive and homey bakery taste. Ben also brews beer and presses apples for cider at his farm. He makes jam from blueberries that grow wild on his property, and apple butter from his orchard. Aura is a cheesemaker and she brings rounds of silken camembert and wedges of peppery blue cheese. Jacob is a luthier, and he brings his best fiddle to play, while his wife builds a great bonfire. Mary plays her ukulele, and Alden plays a Celtic drum called a Bauron. Ashby's family is Wabanaki and has a cranberry bog. She brings small canvas bags of gorgeous cranberries as presents for everyone. Andrew forages for acorns and grinds them into flour which make the most wonderful pancakes. He also taps maples in spring, and boils the sap into amber syrup in his hand-built sugar shack. The bottles are beautiful, and the syrup is wonderful on pancakes, in coffee, or even over fresh snow. 
there is so much heritage and hard work represented in this diverse group of people. The spirit is generous and all sentient beings are looked after. Mara thinks of the deer, the foxes, the raccoons, and the pine martens that track through this wood, as well as all the birds flitting over the trees. She hopes they are all well fed and ready for deepest winter. It's a simple thing, Mara thinks, to care for one another. It isn't hard to do, but we must remember. It is important to pay attention and carve out time. This is what makes life meaningful. Mara feels blessed to be able to do this. She walks purposefully, crunching over the barely frosted grass. The friends make their way into a thicket of not-so-tall pines. They pull out their offerings from their bags. Then they string their edible garlands and hang ornaments of food, gifts to sustain any creature who comes hungry. The friends sing to the tree, to one another, and to the animals. When they are through, they quietly return to their cars. After the revelry, before it gets very late, it is finally time to head home for the night. It has been a long, good day. Mara is sleepy, ready for bed. She has exercised and socialized, and done all the necessary mental and physical work for today. It was satisfying and fulfilling. There is nothing more to be done. Now she can rest. Mara feels tired in her muscles and bones. On the car ride home, she feels the seat warming her thighs and back. Her little house looks so enchanting, all lit up. She says a quiet word of thanks and goes up the path into her cottage, counting stars up above. She makes a wish, and she vows to learn their names and constellations better in the new year. 
Inside, she turns off all the lights, but for the one over the stove. A private ritual she savors every night. She locks the doors and sets out the jar of coffee and mocha pot for morning. Then she pads up the carpeted stairs in bare feet. In the bathroom, Mara turns on the tap and waits for the water to warm. She washes her face with a cloth and gentle cleanser, then pats her skin dry with a thick cotton towel. She then applies a light face lotion, moving her fingers in a circular direction. Mara always brings intention to this nightly routine. Next, she uses a boar bristle hairbrush she received last Christmas as a present. And then she brushes her teeth carefully, lovingly, and enjoys the mouthful of white minty foam. She rinses it from her mouth, and then takes a small sip of water from the glass that always sits right there. The routine itself prepares her for rest. The motions are so familiar, they are sleep-inducing. Her steps to bed are such a comfort. Mara counts them, as she does every night, inhaling slowly and exhaling gently. In her room, the bedside lamp is glowing. Her bedtime novel is waiting patiently, a work of historical fiction by a favorite author. The bed is a high four-poster. It's an inherited antique with a doubly thick mattress and box spring. The duvet is snow white, as are the linen sheets, perfectly washed and worn in. There are six fluffy pillows and a grey linen bolster. Over the bed hangs a mobile of driftwood and stars, another gift. Under the bed, Mara's soft slippers are ready for morning.
there is nothing left to do or say, except good night.